Welcome to Giant Cocktails, a podcast where lifelong fans talk about the San Francisco Giants while drinking homemade cocktails. And now, here's your hosts, Ben and Matthew Henry. Welcome back to another episode of Giant Cocktails. I am your host, Ben Henry, alongside my brother, the esteemed and debonair, suave, keep going, handsome. I like it. Intelligent. Oh, yes. And extremely vain, Matthew Henry. (laughs) Matthew, how much did you enjoy all of those superlatives? Superlatives. You know, not even my own wife calls me those things, so it felt pretty good, to be honest. You know, how often do you hear those things about yourself? And, uh, you know, if you like to hear those things about yourself and you're called vain, then all right, I'm vain. But, you know. That's fair. That's fair. Even schlubs like us need to hear positive words about ourselves every now and then. That's right. Even even if they're not true. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I think we, you know, all agree that some that was a little bit of a stretch there in some of some of those uh, superlatives but uh, I'll take it. Hey. Hey, you're one of the most debonair people I know. <laughs> I'm going to have to go look that word up. I'm not sure I know what it means. <laughs> I, <laughs> I I think of James Bond and if you're like, "All right, I guess I'm James Bond." I don't even know how to spell it, Matthew. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> D E B something. That's where I'm yeah, going. Yeah, it's you know, it's got a lot of vowels after that uh, cuz I believe it's French. Yeah. Um I think I think suave is French too. Although although then there's rico suave. Yes, which and, is uh, not French. It's not French. Probably Spanish? Mm, probably. Probably. I know or, rico you know, is, or, but I don't know about or, suave. Did that get made up? Is that like or, is that like slang? Like Spanglish kind of thing going on there? Wasn't that the name or of a Or Franglish? Musical? I don't I don't know. I don't know how. It's... Wasn't that a name of a musical artist when we were teenagers? What was the name oh, of I'm a sorry. song? When I was t- a teenager and you were 30. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, Ben. Anyway, I got a question for you. A oh, real question. Okay. Chunky or smooth? Huh. You know, if I had my own druthers, is that a word? I don't know. Do you mean like if you could, you were a man who could just make his own decisions in life? Exactly. If I didn't have children in the house and who all had their own preferences, I'd be chunky. Yeah. But nobody else in my family is chunky. So we're a smooth family and I don't eat enough peanut butter and jelly to like buy a whole other jar. So when I do, it's, it's smooth, but, but I like the chunk. I like the crunchiness of a little peanuts in my in my peanut butter. What about you? Hmm. I'm definitely a smooth guy. You are? Like, yeah, because otherwise I'd just eat peanuts. Like, you know, chunky peanut butter is what you do when you is what you get when you chew a peanut. That's chunky peanut butter. Like <laughs> like let me ask you this. Do you like your regular butter, your cow butter to be chunky? Does that uh, does that come with chunk chunks in it? I've never had butter with chunks yeah. in it to be honest. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe well, I actually, would like it. I mean, if they were toffee chunks, that actually Ooh, would be pretty good. That would be pretty good. <laughs> Coming soon to near you, toffee chunk butter. <laughs> I spread that on my toast. <laughs> hey, that could be a little business uh, uh, you were Wow, we for, just invented it. Yeah. You're looking hey, for another side hey, gig, man. That might be it. Yeah. Listeners, nobody nobody beat me to it. <laughs> it's my idea first. Or if you toffee do, you chunked know, butter. Yeah, throw them a bone. 
person. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'll, I'll take a finder's fee, yeah. actually. Yeah. Right. You don't have to do any uh, of the work. Somebody else does it all. That is true. That's actually the best. I'll take a finder's fee, 5%, and all the chunky uh, butter I can uh, I can eat. <laughs> um, but I'll tell you what. When I spread it on my toast, it's not going to be any heel toast. No, no. So yeah. um, really, the heels are just to kind of keep all the bread in, right? I mean, it's like you don't really mm-hmm. – like when you get to the end, like I'm either like if there's if there's only heels – I'm not eating a sandwich that day. Like, Well, yeah. I mean, that means that you're out of bread. Exactly. Like, I know one of our listeners disagrees, and I just want to get this off my chest right now. You're wrong, woman. <laughs> I don't know what you've been doing all, all our lives, but watching you eat those things has just been horrifying. Well, and forcing me to eat them. I'm sure at some point you did. I'm sure and that yes, was wrong. That's why too. we know that we don't like it. And that's and right. I and I and I got to tell you too, um, I'm not a fan of twigs in my bread. You know. Um, <laughs> You know, we grew up in Santa Cruz. The, the the person that we're talking about was a big fan of twigs and, and things inside the bread. Now, I like a nice, smooth wheat bread. Now she's feeling it. So she's I want crunchy it. peanut butter, but I don't want my bread to be crunchy. Okay, that's that's what it comes agreed. down to. Yeah, agreed. Right. She's, and now I bet she's feeling attacked. <laughs> well, maybe you don't listen to this episode. You know, maybe that's how it goes. Um, and, and you know what? You already counted on our stats because you already downloaded it. So. <laughs> Thanks, Mom. Bada boom. Uh, anyway, anyway, today is uh, Wednesday, August 24th, as we record this podcast. Our Giants, the uh, intrepid band of aged, aged vagabonds that they are, went two and five this week since we last spoke. Because remember, they were playing when we recorded last week. Uh, they finished up the ser- their four-game series with the Arizona Diamondbacks w- uh, by losing the last two games. Um, so, you know, yay. Uh, and then they went into Colorado and lost the first two games there in Colorado, which I admit is tough. But, you know, they did that while scoring almost no runs in Colorado. Which is tough to do in Colorado. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, hey, way to find a way, boys. Uh, and then they... Um, then they uh, they they squeezed out a game where I feel like Matthew. How many how many guys are on a major league roster these days? Twenty six. Yeah, I feel like that game was fifty one versus one, and the one won. The well, one yeah, won. yeah. Longoria has a game of his life, or at least of his <laughs> Giants' life, and That's you know, right. you eke out a win in Colorado. That's what you get for that effort. <laughs> By by the by the heel of a of a of a spike. That's 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 what it took. Right, right. I'll tell you this. It, it was at least thirty uh, thirty eight versus uh, versus one. Because I'm going to say a bunch of the Giants sat that game out, but the Giants relievers did their best to lose that game. Yeah. Uh, but Evan Longoria wasn't going to have it. He wasn't having it. No. He wasn't having it. And then uh, and then the Giants went into Detroit and. Uh, they won a game uh, uh, that was unlike any other game that I think that we've had this season, where it was Rodon and then for seven innings, and then one inning from Brebia, your setup man, and then one inning from Doval, your closer. You got a little glimpse, maybe, of what what it could have been, right? Yeah, but it, it, I don't think it ever could have been that because. The Giants just don't allow their pitchers to pitch that deep. And I think they've learned that this bullpen can't sustain that. And so now, like, they only have two decent relievers at this point. Yeah. Well, I think Camilo is a good reliever. Brebia is decent, although his ERA is looking really good. And uh, and that's it. That's all, they, that's all they got. Yeah. That's all they can trust at this point, right? And yeah. so then you have to have Rodon go seven. 
But think about that, Matthew. A pitcher for the San Francisco Giants pitched seven full innings, a starting pitcher. Yeah. In that's... the Kapler era, how often does that happen? Oh, see, you should ask me that before. I would have looked that up. But yeah, I got to well, say, can, not, not very we'll look often. It up. Yeah. We'll look it up later later in the show. But anyway, you know, they, they, they have, they're five and five for their last five. Uh, they are five and a half games out of the last wild card spot, four and a half games behind the Brewers and five and a half games behind the Padres, which is exactly where they stood, I think, a week ago. So they haven't made much progress. They've been playing mediocre baseball. But yet, you know, we talked about this last week. They've got those chokers in front of them. Nobody's running away with this. That's for sure. Nobody's running away with it because it's the Phillies, the Brewers, and the Padres. I mean, three teams who who specialize in choking. So, (laughs) you know, uh, is there something there? I don't know. We're going to take a look at it. These are the things that we're going to discuss. But before we do that, Bob, hit Matthew with the question. What are you drinking, Matthew? Well, Bob, you know, we we tend to kind of bounce around different cocktails uh, over the last season and a half. And, you know, some are classic cocktails and some are like gimmicky cocktails or maybe things that we found that we thought we liked on online. Uh, but this this particular cocktail that I'm bringing is a classic. Uh, it's called The Aviation. It is a gin based cocktail. And it, it has a interesting liqueur called creme de violette, and I'm probably not pronouncing that right, but uh, you get what I what I mean. Creme de violette, creamy violet. Yes, sure. I I think that's even wronger, but uh, um, uh, I, I'm going to stick with my creme de violette. And uh, and this is a cocktail that was um, created like I don't know early 1900s. And it has this nice kind of purplish hue. That's kind of what it's known for. It's got this really pretty kind of bluish purple hue. And it's supposed to mimic the sky at dusk. And uh, if you do it right, it, it certainly does look like that. And I actually tweeted out a photo this weekend of the cocktail as I was kind of creating it because I thought, you know, hey, if you want to be distracted from the dumpster fire of a bullpen that we just witnessed, then, hey, take a look at this pretty cocktail. And people did agree that it was a pretty cocktail. And so it's definitely one of the nicer ones that I've made. All right. Hold it up. Let oh, me see. Oh, yeah. Well, see, now it's like. <laughs> it's almost all gone. Yeah. I've, actually, <laughs> but, it is but, a very, but we are I, I at the stage that. of the season where I made two. Okay. So, good. so good. you know, good. I you know, to get through uh, talking about the Giants, I need two cocktails now. So I, I, so I have been liberally drinking my my aviation, and I gotta say, I generally like cocktails that are a little on the sweeter side, and uh, and the creme de violette is a sweet cocktail, but there's not a lot in it, and so it doesn't provide a big punch, but it's a nice balanced cocktail. And let me tell you what's in it. It's got two ounces of gin, and Normally, I would say go ahead and use, you know, floral kind of maybe, you know, local distillery gin, you know, with all the great things they're doing, especially here in California. There's some wonderful local distilleries doing great things with gin. But in this case, you need to stick with the London Dry. Uh, you want to you want to have that crispness that that you don't want to be distracted by all the different aromatics. You, you just want the 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 London Dry, the juniper kind of taste in there. And then you put three quarter ounce of fresh lemon juice. 
a half ounce of maraschino liqueur, the Luxardo maraschino liqueur, and a quarter ounce of the creme de violette. And you throw that in a cocktail shaker with ice, shake it up, double strain it into a coupe glass, garnish it with a cocktail cherry, with a brandied cherry. And uh, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful cocktail. It's got this nice light lavender uh, look, and it's a very well-balanced cocktail. I will say that you need to get the... um, You do need to measure carefully on this one. This is not one of those ones where you can kind of eyeball the ingredients. You need to measure it carefully because you want that balance between the tartness and the sweetness, and you want the gin flavor. So it's all very nicely balanced cocktail. And so that, Ben, is what I am drinking, the Aviation. That sounds very lovely. Um, Do you think you're going to use the creme de violette for for other cocktails? I'm going to look around. I'm going to look around. What I have noticed is that there are variations of the aviation that include like elderflower syrup and some other things that you can add to kind of sweeten it or do some other things. I have tried one of those. It was quite nice. So I'll probably play around with a little bit, but I actually really like the aviation and I would definitely have this um, regularly. I put this regularly into my, into my cocktail repertoire for sure. There you go. Very aviations. <laughs> very aviations. That's right. Uh, okay. Well, that does sound like a very lovely cocktail. It's actually one that I have had on my to-do list for quite a some time for the show. Um, and, and as you and I were discussing it, I, you know, I, I realized that you had all the ingredients for one when you got yeah. the creme de violette for some other reason, didn't you? Uh, yeah, well, it was just something that I had seen and didn't have and, mm. but I didn't really associate it with the aviation at that time. I was just like, oh, that's not a liqueur that I want to play around with. And then, yeah, lo and behold, that kind of led me to the aviation. So thank you for that. It's a great cocktail. With that right. said, Bob, hit Ben up. What are you drinking, Ben? Well, thank you for asking, Bob. That's very kind of you. I am drinking this week, as promised, the dark and stormy. And I got to tell you, folks, I almost pulled another, like, accidental, like, I was going to promise you I was going to make something and then not make that thing and make something else. But this one was actually for a very technical reason. And that reason is, is that the name Dark and Stormy is actually a trademarked name. And you can only truly make a Dark and Stormy if you have, if you use a particular rum. And that, in that case, it is uh, Gosling's Black Seal Bermuda Black Rum. And... Uh, and, and you mix that with, well, here, let me just read the, uh, the, the, the instructions because they're on the, right on the back of the bottle. It says, in a tall glass filled with ice, add four to five ounces of Gosling's Stormy Ginger Beer and top with one and a half ounces of Gosling's Black Seal Rum, lime optional, enjoyment mandatory. And, you know, I didn't want to disappoint. Yeah. So I that's exactly what I did. I went out and I got me some Gosling's Black Seal Bermuda Black Rum and I went out and I got me some Gosling's Ginger Beer. And Matthew, I drink a lot of rum and I drink a lot of ginger beer and I can safely and securely tell you that I do not like either of these. <laughs> oh, you bought the actual ginger beer too? The Gosling's I, Ginger Beer? There she Look is. at you, man. Going yeah. wow. Well, if you, you know, I, I just I felt like I owed it to to the listeners because I made a promise. Yeah. And uh, and I I'm doing it so that okay. so that 
They don't have to. You, Listeners, you could just throw in some dark rum, some fever tree ginger beer, and call it a dark in stormy, <laughs> and you're good. You know, right, you don't right, have to, right. to, to, to follow right. the, the template. Right, right. Or you could call it like in the stormy darkness. <laughs> That's right. right. Something poetic, right? <laughs> something, 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 you know. Stormy and dark. <laughs> Stormy and dark. Yeah, yeah. Dark stormtroopers. <laughs> and and you, you're a Star Wars person, right? Well, what I think of when I hear dark and stormy is, for some reason, I think of a Peanuts cartoon where Snoopy's on top of his uh, doghouse typing oh, yeah. away a story and says it was a dark and stormy dark night, and stormy. right? Yeah, and well, I just, I, that's all I think about when I hear dark and stormy is, is, is Snoopy typing away. I, I'm going to guess that's probably where they got the ty- the name from, but, you know, I, I don't know. I, I'm pretty sure it wasn't from Snoopy because I don't think there's any alcohol in Peanuts. No. Um, the parents were probably drinking heavily. <laughs> well, they were because they were always, whenever they talked, they were like, wah, 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 wah. And that's, that's what I sound like at the end of our shows. So, totally. That is exactly um, how you sound. Uh, yeah. Well, anyway. Yeah, so this is basically dark rum and ginger beer, folks. Uh, I am drinking Gosling's both, and 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 I do find both of them to be to be underwhelming. I, I do think it is worth noting really quickly. Um, Matthew and I have thrown a couple of brand names around here. Um, if we were to have received compensation from any of these people or have received these as a gift, we would be obligated to tell you of that. But nobody gives us crap. Okay. Yeah. So like we, you know. this is this is the, we, we yes. So just in case anybody was curious, that's not happening here. This is not an advertisement, because I think if it was an advertisement, I wouldn't be doing a very good job. I was going to say you'd be a really sucky uh, pitch man. Uh, that's for sure. Uh, yeah. I mean, here's what I'll say. It 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 it's it's fine. It's fine. Like if 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 you served this to me at like a third rate restaurant where I was just trying to get through the meal while the kids were screaming in the background, I would be totally happy with this. Um, but what I will say is, it's like as I said, it's a spiced rum and a ginger beer. I personally like a, a ginger beer that is a little bit spicier than this one. This one just doesn't have a lot of bite to it. It tastes mostly like a ginger ale. Mm. It's it's super mild. I like ones with a lot of bite, but I also like ones that are a little bit sweet. Which makes me a little bit. I mean, people, you know, people kind of like poo poo the ones that I really like. I really like cock and bull. Mm. Um. Which, which, you know, again, if you're a sophisticated kind of person, that's probably not a brand you go to. But I really like that brand because it's both sweet and spicy. Um, I'll but try yeah. that because the fever tree hits you in the nose. Like when you, uh, when you yeah, the fever tree of... does was Fentiman's is also pretty, pretty spicy and not very sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, Bundaberg is is a very popular one. And I would say it has a strong ginger flavor, but it's not very spicy. And also not very sweet, but it is, um, but it is still very ginger flavored. Um, so that you know, I, I would say like if you're going to be drinking a lot of ginger beer in your cocktails, and you should, you should be mixing ginger beer with everything because it's a great mixer. One of my favorite cocktails is this very same concoction, but with gin instead of of rum. And um, uh, you should, you know, it, it's so easy to make. Um, that that it, it's like you just just always have some chilled ginger beer in your refrigerator and uh, whenever you just need something something a little bit flavorful and quick it's a great thing to add um so yeah so so spend some time in, in you know figuring out which ginger beer is your favorite and then um you know as, as i mentioned goslings is not mine um the goslings dark rum i don't know what to say about it um 
it's as disappointing as this season has been for the Giants. Oh. Yeah. Wow, that's very telling. As far as, as far as rums go, as far as spiced rums go. But I also think, like, you know, it's not actually that bad. So which I, yeah, I've got, I've got a bottle of Captain Morgan in my thing. I just throw some of that in there, right? Yeah, and, I would say Captain Morgan is better than this. Yeah. 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 Which isn't saying a whole lot, but, you know, still. No, it's not. It's not. And I would, yeah, so, so I guess, yeah, you know that I think about it. Gosling's is kind of like Pittsburgh piratey. <laughs> you know? Which is ironic because Captain Morgan, he's like, you know, he's, he's more like, mm-hmm. yeah, I would say Captain Morgan, he's like, you know, more, he's more 2022 San Francisco Gianty. Oh. But without the expectations. Okay. Yeah. Right? So he's average. just here to play ball. He, you know who he is? He's like the Colorado Rockies. We're just here to play ball. You know, <laughs> we're just here to have fun. Ooh, for you baseball fans, he's like a San Francisco lover. Oh. If you don't know what baseball is, carry oh. on. I'm going to carry on because I have no idea what you're talking about. But okay. Well, you know, we should probably... uh, Oh, before we start talking about baseball, though. Mm. Next week. Next week. So I I went over to my favorite restaurant last week, and uh, who also happens to have my favorite bar. It's called The Bird in the Bottle in Santa Rosa. And uh, they have some great bartenders there. And what's unique about them is they turn over a part of their, their cocktail menu every quarter and their bartenders are given a spirit of which they're supposed to kind of come up with a new cocktail. And so they work on them during the previous quarter and, you know, get them approved finally by their boss. And then it makes it to, it may make it to the menu. And so I happen to always seem to get little tastes of what they're trying and all that. And uh, this week uh, actually it made the menu is a, a cocktail that has tequila and, and coffee liqueur as its center front. Mm. And uh, I didn't get the actual recipe, but I've been playing around with it because I had all the ingredients at home. And so I'm going to try to recreate their wonderful cocktail for next week's uh, next week's podcast. So stay tuned for that. And I know you just want to do more rum stuff, right? You're just that is gonna... correct. I, I, I have decided I'm going deep into the rum. Um, I'm, I'm declaring bankruptcy on my bar. As we discussed in the in the pregame, uh, the pre-show uh, discussion, I I'm gonna I'm gonna get rid of everything in my bar, just declare bankruptcy, and start filling it with rum. And I I think eventually I want to go in the the route. Uh, the route of tiki. Um, and so so next week I I'm I'm going to be drinking a. Um, well, I forgot the name of it. What? Painkiller? Yes. Thank you. The painkiller. Uh, because I feel like we could all use a little bit of painkiller this season. I think it's an appropriate cocktail for mm-hmm. sure for this time of the yeah. year. Yeah. Yeah. And might even be more so next week. Yeah. Yeah. The way the Giants are yeah. playing. Speaking of the Giants, where do we stick the fork? Oh, are, are you ready? It pains me to say this, but how can you look at a sub-500 team as a playoff team? I'm ready. (laughs) Well, I I thought it was because there were three playoff spots this year, Matthew, and even mediocre teams could... Oh. (laughs) Exactly. You see where I'm going with this? I I do see where you're going with this. Um, 
I'm thinking stick the fork in the in the in the in the fleshy behind part because that's really where you test the doneness and it would also feel really gratifying just to like <laughs> just somewhere on the backside just like and then twist a couple of times you know just <sighs> yeah well you know I think I think folks have kind of known that I was done with this team probably two months ago. Um. And, and, and I have been a, been a strong advocate that, that this team is not playoff bound for, for a few weeks now. So I I um, think that you could literally stick the fork anywhere because it's overdone. You know what I mean? Like the meat is falling off the bones, as it were. You know? Yeah. Well, if this was barbecue. I'll tell you where the fork. Go ahead. Yeah, well, I'll tell you where the fork has been. I mean, it's been in Tommy Lestella's Achilles. It's been in Brandon Brandon uh, Brandon Belt's knee. I mean, you know, it's been on uh, what Lamont Wade Jr.'s knee. It, it's been you know, the 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 fork has been stuck in a lot of different places, and um, I think we just need to call it. It's stick a fork in them. They're done. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I I mean, yes, I I agree. I I think. I think the last two starts from Logan Webb really kind of seal the deal. Yeah, that was a little disappointing, I mean, especially today. You know, he's cruising through four. I mean, at some point you're thinking, man, he could pitch a no-hitter, you know? And and then all of a sudden six runs later. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I mean, I... And then the previous one, he didn't even strike out a batter, right? I mean, that was the first time in a while, maybe in his career, at least this season, that think, he didn't you know, strike I out a batter. I think it was in his career. I think it was the first time that he had not struck out a batter uh, in his entire career. So, so yeah, it's... Um, it's... I mean, it's not good, Matthew. I, 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 don't, I don't know what else there is to say. Like, I, I think... I think it's uh, where do you? I think it was a. That's a very good uh, analogy. Sticking the fork in Lamont Wade Jr.'s knee, in Brandon Belt's knee, in Tommy Listella's Achilles, or, or or whatever else he's had hurt the last two years. Um, you know, uh, whatever Brandon Belt was, you know, hurt with, um, and then you you couple onto that a couple of guys getting off to really slow starts, like like Darren Ruff when he was with the team and um and uh who else was it that got off to, oh Joey Bart you know i mean i think we're all really yeah. excited about the Joey Bart that we're seeing play play now but but the Joey Bart that started the season really hurt us and um and i think yeah i think those are all that's where you stick the fork Matthew you stick the fork in all of those places i think you also got to stick the fork in 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 some of the um the more theoretical, like, um, abstract spots, like, uh, like the philosophy of never letting a starting pitcher go three times through the rotation because you don't have a bullpen that is capable of pitching that many innings and carrying that many stressful innings, uh, this deep into the season. Right. Yeah. Well, and I think that's a good point. I I think that, yeah, they have. I guess it's a chicken or the egg kind of thing. Is our bull? Is our starting rotation so good because they don't let them go through a third time uh, through the lineup? It's particularly like people like Alex Wood. Uh, they were really careful with Rodon early on, although it seems lately they've been allowing him to go a little bit longer, uh, mainly probably because they need it and he's been pitching so well. Uh, 
but then on the other side, it's, uh, you know, if they had to let them go further, would we be worse off, you know, from the, from the rotation side? Uh, I don't know, but I think at this point you got to try something different, right? I think at this point, the, the, what their philosophy has been has not worked, particularly as you pointed out, the bullpen has been atrocious. And I mean, Bob has some thoughts on that, right, Bob? Our bullpen sucks. <laughs> See, Bob has known all along. Bob has known since since the early days that this was not the bullpen to get us to the promised land. And we weren't listening to Bob early on. We were like, oh, no, dude, 2021, Bob. 2021, man. We were like, we had like five relievers that were under three ERA, man. This is this is a great bullpen. And, uh, you know, outside of Camilo Duvall, we have not been great. No. And... Uh, yeah, so I think the philosophy, too, on relying on these relievers that they've kind of cobbled together uh, from scrap heaps of other teams has not boded well. I And, you know, they're still doing that. I mean, they picked up two guys in the last week, two left-handed relievers off of waivers, to, and you know they're just like, maybe this will work, you know? And and uh, it's just, you know, Sapuki or whatever his name is from the rough trade, you know, it's just been atrocious. and And so... Nothing they're doing is working, and the bullpen is just continues to be a mess. And yeah, I think there's a lot to blame to go around for sure. And yet, and yet, Ben, we're still only five and a half. Back. Stop it! No, stop it! Because nope. stop it! Because 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 I mean the Padres and the Phillies and the Brewers are all like 500 or lower. They're all losing games. We could do this, Ben. We could like string together like three or four wins and all of a sudden we're back into it and we could be like just riding that wave into the promised land. What is the matter with you? <laughs> like, do you... I get, I get asked that question a lot. You, like, I don't know why. I, I, is this like a thing that's in that... There's that book about like psych- psychological ailments. Is this one of the things that's in there? Like this, the the DSM, the DSM Diagnos- diagnostic statistical manual. Yeah, is there is there uh, a thing for like just can't? I think there is. I think there is giant's euphoria. I think is uh, <laughs> is is a certified uh, mental illness. And and hey, if I got it, I don't want I don't want to be cured. Right? Because you know we could be right back in this, Ben. We could totally run the tables. Uh, okay, look, look. Yes, it's possible. Right? It's possible. I don't think any team has been eliminated from the playoffs yet. So it's theoretically... Certainly not the Giants. Nope. <laughs> it's theoretically possible that any one of them could make the uh, make the postseason. But uh, but no. Matthew, they're five and a half games out. They have two game, two teams to pass. I, I understand that those teams are the Brewers and the Padres right now, and neither of them are looking particularly interested in in claiming their you know claiming their spot in the playoffs. That's right. We gained a game on each of them over the last ten games. Yes, but we haven't gained a game since the last time you and I spoke on this podcast. All right. Well, technicality. <laughs> technicality. What? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, like, that's what deter. Uh, uh, um, okay, look, look. I will I, for for those of you who are optimists, and 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 I know there's so many of you out there. God bless you. I'm like at games, and you were just like so happy. Like I've seen you there in the deep worst seasons, where like I'm sitting in the front row, and there's like nobody else in the stadium, and you're there like seven seats behind me, yelling out about how excited you are. 
that the Giants uh, are mounting a rally when they're losing like seven to nothing in the eighth inning. I, I love you people. You're great. But, you know, at a certain point, you got to just recognize that the season is over. And, and what I'd like to do is make a compromise with you, which is I'm going to let you all pretend we still have a chance until the next Padres series. Okay? Which I think is, is relatively soon. It's maybe not next week, but the week after. No, it's next week. Oh, it is next, next week. week. We play the Padres. Okay. Yeah. Okay. If the Giants sweep that series, and then they actually have two games against the Brewers, you know, so they can actually, you know, gain some ground on the Brewers there. I think they only play two against the Brewers. But if the Giants sweep that series against the Padres, I will continue to entertain your optimism. But right now, I think we all have to recognize that you might be a little bit borderline crazy because this team, this Giants team, is not good. And even if you do somehow find yourselves cheering for them in the playoffs, you have to understand that they're going to lose that three-game series that they play in Philadelphia or, uh, you know, I don't know, wherever they might be, Milwaukee. You don't know that, Ben. You don't know that. They could, like, get hot, and the Phillies could Philly, and the Giants could jump back into this. That, uh, um, no! <laughs> no! No! Yes! No! Yes, they could! No! That's, no, it's not going to happen. That's what makes Giants fans so frustrated right now, is that we're all optimistic, and we've been optimistic all year, and our optimism hasn't been rewarded quite in the way, but... The, the season is not over. We could totally come back. The season is over. Look, I will get grant you this. You do have we do have the possibility to do something that is very very important, and that is we can play spoilers against the Padres. <laughs> so that's what it's come down to, right? Let's just let's just spoil well, the Padres. We, season. Yes, because let's think about this, Matthew. If the Giants finish in in third place, uh, you know, behind the Padres by I don't know how many games. Even you know, I guess in this particular scenario it would actually be kind of close. Yeah, it'd be a couple games. It'd be right? a couple it'd be a couple games. But let's put it this way. If the Giants and the Padres both don't make the playoffs this season, one of those seasons was worse than the others and it's not going to be the Giants. Oh, totally. Especially after the moves that they've right. made. Right. If that version of the Padres can't make the playoffs, then the Giants literally don't have to worry about the Padres ever. Because you can just basically treat them as a non-existent team. Like, you'd be like, oh, well, the Padres might finish in second place. You'd be like, yeah, but, like, that's the Padres. They don't really exist. So if the Giants are in third place behind them, they're really in second place because the Padres are always irrelevant. But we And we can maintain that truism if we can hold them out of the playoffs. And in this way, I think optimists and pessimists are aligned. Right. Which means we have to play well against the Padres, because if we continue to play well against the Padres, that is our best chance of getting into the playoffs, which is not going to happen. But it is also our best chance. I mean, it's also what we need to do to play spoiler against the Padres and make sure that the Padres continue to Padre, even with the Juan Sotos and the, you know, Bells, Bells and, and Machados and, and, and everything else that they've got. Because, uh, and that 
you know, I mean, that that is true alignment. But here's the nice thing about my my standpoint is, is that we can still do that all the way up until the last series of the season. Even if we've already not made the playoffs, right? It's like we can well, sure. we can still have that sweet, tasty little morsel of schadenfreude, even though that, we have failed. In that scenario, I will concede, obviously with three games left to go, we'll probably have a pretty good idea whether we have a chance to make the playoffs or not. And and if that's our, our only motivation is to keep the Padres out of the playoffs when we play them the last three games in San Diego, then yeah, let's knock them out. It'll be like, you know, it'll be like Giants Dodgers all over again. Uh, but in the meantime, Ben, come on, we're close. We could do this. Come on, we could do it. I just don't want to put too much pressure on on um, on Zach Littell and, and Dominic Leone. And um, <laughs> no, no, we just have Camille Duvall pitch like three innings Austin. every game. <laughs> you know, yeah, that that's actually the best scenario. Let's ruin Camilo Duvall. <laughs> Let's ruin Camilo Duvall in this pointless season. Let's uh, hey, you know what? I mean, based off the way Logan Webb has been pitching the last two games, we might as well have him go out there and throw 140 pitches every game. You know, like why don't we do that? Uh, well, if you recall last year, one of the things the Giants utilized, and you just kind of jogged my memory on this, was the the old tired shoulder IL stint. You know, and uh, right after the All Star break or whatever, and uh, and I think. Uh, you know that probably that didn't happen this year because we didn't have the luxury of doing that, and I feel like maybe that 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 contributed a little bit to uh, well, this is to Logan. Well, this is his first full season as a major league pitcher, right? And um, well, well I mean, well, right, season. but without that break, yes, right, yes, and uh, and and yeah, I mean, we could be seeing the same exact thing, right? And um, and that's, I mean, that's really what makes me feel like the nail. That's the last nail in the coffin to me. Is two back-to-back starts from Logan Webb of that level, like you know, you have to you have to pencil in those games as wins, right? At this point, five and a half games out of the last playoff spot, you have to pencil in Logan Webb starts as wins. Yeah, and Rodon and Rodon, yeah. yes, right. But Rodon seems to be doing okay, right? Yeah, no, yeah, he's doing great, right? And and um, which is why we, you know, why we were able to have that very traditional seven inning start, followed up by your best setup man. It's John Prebia. <laughs> John, John Prebia, who had that in the pool? Well, who, who, who had? Been? To be fair, he was a pretty good pitcher with the Reds before he injured his shoulder, right? I mean, that was the whole reason why they brought him in and gave him the money while he was injured and all that kind of stuff. Was now we're starting to see maybe the Brebia that they that they wanted to see, you know, when they right, him. and and he's actually been really consistently good recently, you know, and Camilo yeah. has been good all season. And, you know, I know fans, like, you know, we all want our closers to have a one, two, three inning every every ninth inning. And if they don't, we think they're bad. So I know there's some of you out there who think Camilo Duvall is bad. Um, but to you, I'm just going to say, man, you're wrong. You don't know anything about baseball. Jeez. Man, way to insult people, Ben. Uh, good job. Uh, <laughs> all right, listen, all right, that's well, my boy. I, ta- well, I, yeah. I mean, Camilo Rising, exactly. right? I mean, he's risen. That's my boy. Like, I don't want to... You, you mean a cocktail after I, him, so... Right. I don't want to hear any more. No more taking shots should, at Camilo. Leave, 
We should revisit the Camilo Rising. We like I, I feel like that's we should. He's he's definitely risen. We well, should. maybe I'll maybe I'll swap out that uh, that uh, that bison vodka, that uh, bison grass vodka for uh, for some rum. Yeah. Oh. Right. I like. I it. think I did put in some Dominican rum in the last one that I made. I'll have to go back and look at my recipes. But uh, but yeah, not a bad idea. Not a bad idea. But All but right. Matthew. So so is that our deal? Is it can we compromise on that? That the Giants have to sweep the Padres in the next series. Yes. I obviously they need to do some sweeping, you know, here on out. I mean there's you know, they need to go like what, thirty eight and thirty and ten or something like that or well, we, we, you know, I mean there's some I said we they had to win ninety some... games and they so won sixty one. They gotta they gotta win right. twenty nine more games. Yeah, that so there definitely needs to be some sweeping, and if we're gonna sweep some teams, then the Padres would be the one that we want to do that. All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna try and remain optimistic until we are like clearly out. I mean, five and a half, not not looking good, but but we're hanging on, and and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna carry that optimism out for a couple more weeks. So let's see, but you know, a lot of a lot of the pundits have already called it, thrown in the white towel. And they're looking to next year. These are professional baseball watchers, Matthew. They know what... Right, and we're just amateur baseball watchers. And uh, so, you know, I get why people are moving, why we're moving on. Yeah, I guarantee you this, and, though, and we make more at our jobs than they do at theirs. <laughs> well, that's true. I make pretty good money at my job. Yeah, I mean... They yeah, get paid yeah. to watch. They so, get paid to watch baseball. <laughs> but which I I might trade. To be I, well, honest. this is but, what I'm uh, saying. This is what I'm saying. That's yes. that's the reward, right? That's the reward. Yes, yes, uh, yes. Absolutely. I'm not. I'm not. Hey, pundits. You know, you you live in the dream, man. You live in the dream. Yeah. But, but but you're wrong a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but you live in the dream. But I but yeah, I but I, I happen to. Agree well, that's with the them. thing about being a pundit, right? You just throw it out there. You don't care if that's you're right. That's true. Or not. This is what. I, but I will yeah. say this: I agree with all of them who are saying the season is over and it's time to look beyond. Right. So they're looking to next year. And I got to be honest, um, next year's not looking so great. <laughs> and you know, particularly if you want to like like last year after 107, you're like, yeah, we build on this. People are doing great. We could just keep going. And now after, you know, possibly just being an 80 win team, I'm like, well, what do we got next year? And and you know, can we be competitive next year? I don't know, Matthew. That's a really good question. Because let's before we talk about what we have to do to be competitive, because I think you and I agree that that things do not look good based on well, on what is currently under the Giants' control. Right, and and then you know not to I mean you know, Farhan Zaidi goes on with Tim Kawakami from the Athletic he does his podcast and basically admits that yeah there's not too many guys that are going to be ready for next year from the minors that their 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 guys are all maybe two years away right and so next year right. Doesn't look so good. Well, I mean, like, who okay. are you going to bring in? Well, let's. I mean, let's start there. The, the the miners, the miners has been an absolute and complete disappointment this season. And quite frankly, like, I'm going to be paying close attention to what's happening in the minor leagues in the off season. And I don't mean in terms of like player acquisition. I mean in terms of coaching personnel. Because this season was a disaster. Yes, there are some bright spots. But you know what? There are bright spots every year. Like, 
every organization has bright spots. What you look for is an organizational shift. What you're looking for is many people getting better. Or you're looking for a few rising stars rising even faster. And we really only have one of those guys, and that's Harrison. Right? Harrison was a star who has risen even more, even faster. Other than that, everything else has been a complete disaster. Or the people that have excelled this season are people that we didn't expect. And they're still super young. So it's not like they're just going to show up next year. There are no Joe Panics here. Right? And... Well, I mean, Joe Panic came out of nowhere. I mean, it's not like... So we don't know. I mean, I suppose we don't know. But I'm just... I, look, Elliot Ramos... We we know I'm a pessimist, so so what I'm going to say is is going to be a bit of extreme. He's a never will be. Like yeah. he's he's hit his ceiling. He can play. He can he can play. He can't he can't he can't hack AAA. The Giants have another year of work to do with him, uh, in order to get him to be major league ready, and that means he is not going to be as you as Farhan apparently agrees. He's not going to be ready next year, right? This is a guy that fans wanted to start the season with the Giants this year. Fans, what I'm telling you is, is that he's two years behind, but he's probably a million, infinite years behind because it's never going to happen. Well, he could be one of those, like, you know, Mac Williamson kind of guys, right? Mac Well, Mac Williamson was a sad story because he kept banging his head against walls and getting concussions. And yeah, he was super old when, when he was doing that. He was like 27, 28. Uh, right, but he, he ended up being like a quadruple A kind of guy, well, right? I mean, yes. he's you yeah. know, he, successful in the minors, not so successful when he got to the majors. Right, well, and then when he did have success in the majors, he banged his head. Then he hit the major, the mound, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, the concussion. Yeah. I mean, we might even say that's why there are no more mounds <laughs> in, in Oracle Park, might be because of Mac Williamson. Yeah. Who knows? Um, but okay, so so he's a quadruple A guy. But what you know, whatever. He's a replacement player. He's. A, I'm not saying he's disappearing. He's going nowhere. What I'm saying is he's not going to be the star that Giants fans thought he was going to be. And we just heard from the head of baseball operations that that is true because he's not going to show up next year. Right. Yeah. Okay. So the only one who's possible that could make it is Kyle Harrison, but they probably don't want to rush him. He's still relatively young, and you know. They don't want to push him any well, more than he need to. He might force. Well, and here's, yeah. Well, he you're just about to say he might force it. But what's interesting about that is he's not on the forty man, and they've got a lot of players that they might want to protect next year. And so I don't see them putting Kyle Harrison on the forty man anytime soon because they don't have to. He's not eligible for the Rule Five, and so I don't see him starting the season next year with the Giants because I feel like they would probably want to protect some of their other prospects sure. who are eligible. Sure. So Kyle's not going to be there either. Everybody else is too young. Okay. Yeah. So let's talk about the major league roster now. Okay. Who who's on the roster this year? that we know for sure isn't coming back or you and I feel like definitely should not be part of the equation, even though their contract might say otherwise. Well, the right side of our infield, Brandon Belt, Tommy, Tommy Lestella. Lestella. Right. Brandon Belt, definitely not going to be, he's going to be non-tendered. He's not going to get a contract offer from the Giants. Who knows what's going to happen to him otherwise, but Brandon Belt is not going to be a Giant next year. Okay. <laughs> 
That's a little. That's a little, a little tough to say, man. You're harsh, man. You're just. Like, I said that last bit. year, dude. I'm. I'm ready. Like I'm. You know. Like I. <laughs> the captain, man. He's the captain. Look, don't get me wrong. But, I'm a big. I'm. I'm pro belt. I'm pro yeah, belt. No, I, I. I love belt, but it's definitely time. But uh, it's time. well, and the thing that takes him down this year is the same thing that took him down his entire career. Like, injuries. yeah, it's injuries. Yeah. It's yeah. all. That's all his. The only knock ever against him has really just been injuries. Oh, if he could have been healthy, he's a borderline Hall of Famer for sure. For sure. Right. But because he was hurt all the time, he wasn't. And uh, so, yeah. So, so, so Brandon Belt is out. Tommy Listella should be out. OPS plus 84. Um, if there's any of you old timers still looking at batting average, just stop. stop. I mean, come on, guys. Come on. Let's just stop. I mean, the guy never walks. He, he he's not hitting for power. He's just a, all he does is hit singles, and he's a DH. He's a DH that hits singles. Like Tommy Listella should not be on the team next year. He might because he's getting eleven million dollars next year, but he shouldn't be. Okay, shortstop Brandon Crawford. Yes, he's coming back. We all know that. Whatever. Okay. I mean, Peterson is on a one-year contract. Uh, I mean, guys that we have under control, Lamont Wade Jr., Mike Yastrzemski, they're all going to be part of the equation. The question is, should they be? But, I mean, Matthew, like, imagine that. You don't know who your starting second baseman... Well, we do know it's going to be Tyro Estrada. But you don't know who your DH is going to be, and you don't know who your first baseman is going to be. You don't know who your left fielder or fielders are going to be. You have Austin Slater and Mike Yastrzemski under control. I love Mike Yastrzemski. I'm a huge Mike Yastrzemski fan. But he is in the middle of a downward cycle right now that looks like it has no end. Yeah, I. it's hard to defend him. He's been such a great player the last couple of years. I mean, now he's you know 98 OPS plus, so he's below average. And... and yeah, gosh, I don't know if he's able to turn that around. And maybe he is a platoon guy, right? Maybe he just needs to hit against right-handers. And he's been the one guy that they've been throwing out there for both left and right-handers. But I also think that the Giants need to get away from the platoons no, as they, much as so they, they have. No, so they absolutely and do, right. So that means somebody's got to go, right? I mean, you can't just have all these platoon guys. You've got to move some pieces to make that right. happen. And and the platoon guys that they have right now are Slater, Wade Jr., and Yastrzemski. Jock Peter- and, uh, and Jock Peterson. Well, Peterson's not under control for next year, is he? Yeah, no, no, he's not. No, so, so he's a free agent. He doesn't have to come with the Giants, and there's a lot of teams out there that would probably sign him as a bench oh, uh, as yeah. a bench player. As, yeah, as a guy that can hit right. Right. Yeah, so there's no sure. there's no guarantee that the Giants are going to keep him. So that's what we're looking at. What are who? What what do the Giants have that they're bringing back next year? And that's just like what you know. The, the I mean, who care at this point? Who cares about the road, the, the the bullpen? Right. Nobody wants our guys anyway. Well, and I mean, we got to score runs and, uh, you know, it seems like, yeah, early on we were like, oh, well, they're ranked fourth in the National League and run scored. And I'm sure that's dropped off. I haven't checked lately, but just the uh, the eyeball test tells me that that has uh, that's dropped off. But I do have a solution for our problems. And that is? 
spend some money. Like go crazy. Like like take the credit card out to Nordstrom's and just go nuts. So what I'm saying is Trey Turner and Aaron Judge. Trey Turner and Aaron Judge, everyday players, you don't have to platoon. Yeah, you're spending a lot of money, but who else are you spending that money on, Giants? I mean, no one. There's no one right? else. So, There's no one else in next next year's free agent class unless you want Dansby so, Swanson or uh, Correa, right? Which, are, right? which are like, if you're getting Trey Turner, why would you? And you have Brandon Crawford. Why are you also getting Swanson and Correa? So, like, that's it. Those are the big names on the offensive side and Judge. And and let's let's Farhan should channel a little AJ Preller and just be like, yeah, baby, let's go and just just spend the money. And I am not a guy that feels like you need to spend money just to spend money. But these are two really really good players that would transform the Giants. Can you imagine? Can you imagine Trey Turner just sliding across the? You know, like he's he's sprinting around. He's sprinting around first. He's he's hit something into the gap, and then he just starts sliding like halfway between first and second base, <laughs> and he just and he just he just goes over second base in that slide, and then he just keeps sliding all the way down to third base in <laughs> in in the first like complete slide triple, right? You know, instead of a stand up triple, you have a complete slide triple, and he. And how- Happens to be in like in a creamsicle yes. uniform, like just with yes, the hard just... shell candy helmet. Oh, yes. so sweet. I hate that guy, but in that moment, I would love that guy. That would yes. be super exciting. I... Yes, and 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 then having Aaron Judge, like every time Aaron Judge comes to the plate, I mean, what does that remind you of? Barry Bonds. Yeah, and and that was a spectacle, right? It's a spectacle every time that Aaron Judge steps to the plate. And I remember how exciting that was. And and you know there was a lot of seasons where Barry paid for played for the Giants and they did not win. But it was still fun to go to the ballpark. It was still fun to watch. And you know like one of the teams that I hate that frustrates me the most in Major League Baseball Matthew is the is the Angels. But the reason they frustrate me is because they have these generational talents. And they can't turn that into a playoff contender. But the point is, they had generational talents. Like, I would pay to go watch Mike Trout and Shohei Otani play baseball. Yeah. Right? And and I would do that even if my team was, you know, three games below 500. Or worse, as I think the Angels might be. But... You know, you know, the point is, is that like the Giants got nothing, right? You look at the roster, you look at the lineup that we just talked about. You look at the prospects that we have coming up, the offensive side of the baseball, the Giants have nothing worth watching next year. I'm not even talking about being competitive. Right. Yeah. From a business standpoint, you want to draw fans in and who are you getting paid to go see? Tyro Estrada? You know, no. No. And 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 so Aaron Judge and Trey Turner are the two big that go get them throw wads of money and be like you guys and and I'm trying to think when was the last time we had a right you know left field plays fair in Oracle Park but when was the last time I'm thinking Rich Aurelia might have been the last time we had a right-handed um, batter I mean, Jeff, that could put Jeff Kent. home runs into the seats there yeah Aurelia I mean, and Kent and Kent, thank you. Yes, Kent. Uh, but that even then, I mean, you know, Kent's now eligible for the Hall of Fame. When was the last time we had a guy that you know, a right-handed hitter that could conceivably hit home runs? You know, into in, and it just 
We don't have one. That has been something. And Aaron that- Judge is on pace for 64 home runs or whatever it is. Uh, we should be throwing wads of money at that guy, particularly since he's from the Bay Area and would probably love to play for the Giants. Make it happen. And by the way, the Angels are 52 and 72. <laughs> they're 20 games below 500. Yeah, so they're not just a little bit under 500. They're, they're, they're a lot. But under you get to watch Mike Trout and Shohei Otani play baseball. Yes, and I, you know, I actually traveled last year to Anaheim to see them play. Now Tra- Trout didn't play that day, so I kind of messed out on that. But, but, you know, I mean, that's the kind of players that you want to go see, right? right. And and right. we don't have any. Right. Of those. I mean, the Giants have the the Giants are on the verge of looking like the Oakland a- Athletics. Oh, oh, that hurts. Yeah. Ben. No, that I mean they, they're 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 going to be really bad, and they're going to be unwatchable. You know, you look at the pi- the Pirates, right? The Pirates are this one team, like, I-, I think I mentioned them, like, but at least the Pirates always have one young guy. Yeah. Well, they got that really tall shortstop. The dude. guy who hit the hardest hit ball and, uh... Oh, yeah, it was like 122 miles an hour, I think. 22 miles an hour? Anyway, that was crazy. I, I can double check, because I think it's still on the headlines for, for MLB.com right now. Yeah, that was just, what, today or yesterday, right? It just happened. Yeah, and, um... But, I mean, the, the point is, is that, like... At least the Pirates have a young guy that you can cheer for and get excited for, right? The Giants have nothing to be excited about next year. And and it's not – so their only hope is to repeat 2021 where you bring in a bunch of nobodies and start winning. And that – like the Giants had a great philosophy, but let's face it. It was a fluke. Everything went their way. They everything that they thought, hey, if this happens or that happens, they caught like lightning in a bottle like like fifteen times. They thought they'd cracked the code, Ben. They thought they had they cracked, cracked the yeah, code. They, 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 they thought they had cracked the code, but really they just caught lightning in a bottle a number of times. You know? And and you know, like that's their only hope. Their only hope is to put another team together like that and then woo the fans back with a winning record halfway through the season. And I just, I, I just think that's just that's it's impossible to to rate to, uh, to to replicate that. Like I, I think there's just no way that's going to happen. And so I absolutely agree. The Giants have to make a major acquisition on the free agent side, even if it means they don't win. Right? Like this is an entertainment industry, and you have to be entertaining. And you guys right now are boring. You're like anti-entertainment. Like, I don't want to watch you. And it's not even about wins and losses. Like, yes, I want to win, but if you can't win, at least be entertaining. Don't give me this opener bullcrap. No two times through the lineup. Lefties and righties, like, just garbage with no defense. Like, this team is boring to watch. And and you you know the only way I think that I'm going to be excited about what they put together next year is yeah if they go get a couple of guys like Judge and Turner and yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and well I will say I mean I know that COVID played a part oh my in this, god but 20, oh but, god but, but, no I said last what did I say no, to, no, no, I said two no, no. weeks Listen, ago hear I, me out dude so attendance wise 2021 the Giants were 12th in the major leagues. In attendance, they averaged 20,734 fans, okay, in 2021. And they won 107 games, okay? And so uh, 
can you imagine what their attendance looks like? You know what? So the A's last week made headlines for some guy having sexual acts in the upper deck of the of the of the stadium, but they only had twenty four hundred at the t- at the at the actual game, two thousand four hundred fans at the game, and some guys getting a blowjob up in the upper st- decks. So I think I think I think upper sex is the right word there. Upper sex. That's what you said. The upper sex. That's what you said. <laughs> <laughs> you said the upper sex. That's exactly what it was. The upper sex section of of the Oakland A's Coliseum. I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to mark this episode as, a, as an adult episode. Strong well, this is what happens when I get two cocktails strong, into me because I finished strong, both aviations. And, I, I uh, didn't even know this happened, and I certainly, yeah, okay. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. Well, that if, is how if, empty it is in the Coliseum. That is for Well, sure. yeah, there's 2,400 fans. Some guy's going to go looking for other entertainment, I, for sure. But, but. You know, the Giants have not had the greatest uh, attendance over the last couple of years. And so they need to do something about their product. Yeah. Well, we, we know, talked and, about and, this too, right? Like, because I think there is this belief that, that, that San Francisco fans didn't show up because of the, because of, because of COVID. But when you go look at where they rank in this, in, and we talked about this, we, where they rank in terms of attendance relative to all other major league baseball teams they were already plummeting in 2019, right? They had been up in the top five, and in 2019, they were in the middle of the road. And that's where they are yeah. now, right? And so, like, the idea that, like, oh, Giants fans aren't showing up and it's all COVID's fault, I think is a lie. The reason why, or or is a fallacy, I think if that's what you think is happening, I think you're thinking wrong. The reason why Giants fans aren't showing up is because the product they're putting on the field is boring. Or worse than that, painful to watch. So, just looking at it now, they're actually averaging 10,000 more uh, people per game this year than they were last year. So obviously COVID did play into that, but they're still ranked 12th. Right. So the exact the exact same ranking as right. They were last so year. so so as goes the nation, so has gone the San Francisco fan base. You know, this is not the San Francisco fan base is not acting in any unique or different way than the rest of the nation in terms of baseball align uh, baseball and sorry baseball attendance. The real reason they are not attending is because your team stinks. Yeah, you know, ironically, the Giants actually rank higher on the road than they do at home. Interesting. So they're eighth, the eighth most visited team on the road, uh, attended team on the road. So Giants fans travel well. Yeah, Giants fans travel well. I I think there's also probably a lot of Giants fans that are spread throughout the country because... Oh, sure. In Southern, especially in California, right? You got Giants fans in San Diego and LA. Sure, sure. Yeah. Did you know the Aleutian Islands are big Giants fans? Really? Yeah. Mm -hmm. All like 2000 of them? Yeah, that's the, that's the, the Aleutian Islands favor the Giants, you know? Uh, Hawaiian Islands uh, evenly split between the Dodgers and the Giants. I could believe that. I could believe that. He's, you know, same plane plane ride to either. Yeah, but I mean, like, there's also uh, there's also the Angels and the Padres and the A's. (laughs) Oh, there are. That's right. (laughs) Forget about that. You know. Uh, All right. Well, so we we have gone long. We've talked a lot here. Um, I don't know. I know we were going to talk a little about the new rules. I just you know, maybe we touch base on that a little bit. So AAA last week they had a game where they they put all the projected new rules in there: bigger bases, pitch count, 
or a pitch clock rather, and then the ability to challenge balls and strikes. Success or not a success? What was your thought on that? Uh, I think it was a total success. I mean, the game was two hours and 17 minutes long and had like 13 runs. I, I, I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was a, um, it was a, uh, oh, sorry. It was a four to three baseball game. Um, and, uh, let's see here. I'm looking at the, um, yeah, I'm, I'm uh, so it was a four to three baseball game. It was two hours and 17 minutes long. Um, and, um, the part that I want to ask you about really, mm-hmm. cause this is the part that I've, I've been beating the drum of robot umps mm. for a long time. Mm-hmm. And this is not really robot umps. This is more challenging balls and strikes. Do you think they got it right? On that? No, I think it's a. T- I think it's total BS. Like so. So what they've done is they have they have automatic balls and strikes, and obviously every ball and strike is being um, monitored by the computer. Charted. Yeah. But but they're letting the umpire still call their atrocious strike strike zone, you know, to keep the human element. Um, and and they're now giving the teams the ability to challenge. But the problem is that each team only gets three challenges. And if they make a challenge and fail, they lose that challenge. And so and and on top of that, the only person that can make the challenge, the only people that can make the challenge are the batter, the pitcher and the catcher. Right. And so it, it really comes down to this situation where you have guys who could make challenges for personal selfish reasons and then blow those challenges for the rest of their team. And because it covers the entire nine innings, what you're going to end up having is guys, teams who have run out of challenges, and you're still going to have a close pitch in the eighth or nine inning where the game is on the line, and they're not going to have a challenge left. Yeah, and I, so I saw a, a clip, a brief clip on Twitter of, of, of it happening in real time. And what I was impressed about was... The ball was was a strike that was called a ball, right? Uh, somebody, I guess the catcher, told the umpire that I want to challenge that. The umpire made the signal where he patted the top of his head. The ball was thrown back to the pitcher. The pitcher standing on the mound, getting ready for the next pitch. All of a sudden, the count changed. The the the, the, the all of a sudden the umpire says one and one instead of two and zero, oh, right? And he makes the count, and then the pitcher threw the next pitch, right? It was just there was no delay in the game, and so I'm thinking, why not make like Okay, if you're going to have a limit, how about one per inning? You know yeah. where where that could happen, right? You know, instead of I think I would prefer you know, three in a like game that. and you lose a challenge. This is not like you know a play on the plate or a, you know in the bases. This is you know I mean it can happen really quickly. Yeah. We all know. I'm at home. I'm seeing whether it's a strike or a ball. I know. Yeah. Well, and and that's the thing too is is that because you're having the players do it and because they can be in the middle of a very emotional. Um, at bat, they can they could they could make a decision that doesn't doesn't benefit the team, right? Because right. they're angry, especially if they got squeezed on a previous yeah. pitch or something. Yeah, 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 right. Like what you're really trying to do is tell the umpire, like I'm upset with a call you made two two pitches ago, and now I'm trying to 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 get that back, and so I'm going to appeal this one, even though that's not the best decision. And you know, everybody says this is a good thing; it's more entertaining. And I'm like, I don't want more entertainment. I want it to be yeah, right. I want it to be correct. Yeah, exactly. Like, exactly. like I don't like don't go patting yourselves on the back because you created something cool and fun that didn't exist before. Like, 
Let's the right. game is Let's already entertaining. Right. Yeah, the game is already entertaining. That's why people have been watching it for 140 years. Like let's let's get the calls right. And uh, you know, I mean, that's. But I, you know, knowing Major League Baseball, they're just going to do this BS thing, and we're still going to have game-changing bad calls be made in the ninth and tenth innings or eighth and ninth innings because because they ran out of challenges, and it just it irritates me. It irritates me. But what doesn't irritate me about these things, though, is the pitch clock. I've heard players complain about these a lot, and I just don't care. You know, like the whole reason why Major League Baseball games have gotten slower is because pitchers and batters have wasted more time between pitches. Oh, my gosh. The amount of time they have to adjust their crotch or their batting gloves or the pitcher's got to step off and walk around the mound. Yeah. Get rid of that. And, you know, Grant Brisby actually did an article on this a few years ago in The Athletic. And he found, like, he actually charted, like, every pitch. Yeah. And he found that, uh, you know, that, that they could save, like, 30 or, you know, minutes on a game just by having the pitchers pitch quicker. And, and so you want to shorten up the game. Yeah. That's the answer. Well, this is, I mean, this is it. This is the reason why games have gotten longer. The reason why games have gotten longer is because pitchers and batters take longer between pitches. There is no other reason. It's not advertising. It's not pitching changes. It's not the game being played differently. It's not shifts. It's because pitchers and batters step out of the box and take 20 seconds between every single pitch when they used to not step out at all. Yeah. And 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 that's why the game is getting longer. And and I this this has definitely proven that. I mean, they've been running these tests at in the lower the lower uh, levels for a while. And, and so it is clear that this is the way to change the game. And what is interesting is, is it doesn't change the game. In fact, it right. might make the game more exciting because it, for whatever pitchers reason. Pitchers get fatigued. Well, yes, pitchers <laughs> get fatigued. They can't throw 100 miles an hour every single pitch anymore. So that means you get more, you get easier pitches to hit. But it also shows that for whatever reason, batters and pitchers are, are swing. Well, batters are swinging the bat more. And pitchers are throwing in the strike zone more. And nobody fully hmm. understands why that's happening, but that is a consistent behavior that has been resulting from the pitch clock. Is that I bet you there's not as much time to think, right? They're just be. reacting. Yeah, could be. And now you just gotta throw strikes and 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 I like it. Let's yeah. let's the pitch clock is right. is, is I'm, well, I'm a fan it has of it. resulted in more batted balls in play. Which which yeah. is just more exciting. So totally so yeah. I, I I'm like, you know, I, I would, first of all, like, look, if if we have to have the challenge system for for automated balls and strikes, then let's it's better than nothing. It's better than nothing. And I got to imagine managers will be coaching their players on like, hey, only if there's a guy on base, yeah. or you know, in scoring position. I mean, there'll be r- parameters well, on which they can. That has been what has been happening at the at the lower levels. And if these younger guys can do it, obviously the major league players can do it as well. Um, you know, you you don't do those things when when it's early in the count or when the score is low, but you know, you, high leverage situations, high leverage situations, or when it's like blatantly obvious, right? You know, Angel <laughs> Hernandez behind the plate, right? You know, something like that. <laughs> I think you get you, you know teams are using up all three challenges on 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 Angel Hernandez. I wonder if you challenged every pitch that he called, how many it would take for you to run out of challenges. I mean, I it would be you probably be, you, you could just keep challenging. You, like that you, probably wouldn't. In certain cases, in certain cases, yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, 
On that note, Ben, uh, we've definitely gone over our hour, uh, but uh, wow, what a week. And uh, we're nearing that point of no return. Uh, Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this next week uh, plays out. Gotta gotta sweep the Padres. Yeah, F the Padres, man. That's that's the deal, folks. We gotta sweep the Padres. Otherwise, next week, Matthew and I are are switching the format of the show. (laughs) To just cocktails cocktails or you know i don't know you know maybe we should start reviewing um uh like robot vacuums oh okay yeah i could get behind that yeah yeah robot vacuums and uh so tune in next week folks to figure out whether or not don't watch any of the giants games just tune in next week to figure out whether or not we're reviewing we're reviewing robot vacuums And, and then oh how about electric cars i got a uh I, I've got a, a son that could be like a, a guest, a guest on our podcast. That's, he can't drink. That's no, but that's uh, no. yeah, he could tell us all about electric cars. It's you can do whatever you want in the confines of your own home. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's totally not true, by the way. But <laughs> yeah, I think there's like contributing to the delinquency of a minor. All that can't kind of you stuff, operate so. a motor vehicle on private land, no matter what age you are? Or is that also not true? That's probably also not true. Uh, We're not lawyers. Yeah. We're not lawyers. Anyway. All right. Well, look, here's ben, the thing. It was, uh... Everything's illegal. Don't do anything. <laughs> All right. Well, I will throw in our plug. Follow us on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Giant Cocktails, where we'll put up our recipes for tonight, the aviation and the dark and stormy uh, and or the stormy and dark, whatever you want to call it. Uh, you said you were going to say something. In the darkness of the storm. In the darkness of the storm. We could have, yeah, yeah. All of that is is on on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, it's been uh, good chatting with you, Ben. And until next week, uh, we'll we'll uh, go Giants. I guess we'll 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 see how they go. So, anyway, I'm I'm a little drunk. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> how do we end this thing? Anyway, all right. Ah, cheers, my friend. Cheers, Matthew. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye. It's been a long season. Oh, you're telling me. Join us next time for the Giant Cocktails Podcast. Until then, bottoms up. Bottoms up.